we could start it off with some uh, crazy Jets conspiracy talk. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I haven't heard about this yet. You know the whole. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk all about it, Danny. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. We're trying, trying to make it seem like the team was about to boycott in the name of Fitz. Hello, and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver, with me as always, well, for a little bit anyway, Danny Kelly and Stephen White. Danny, you're leaving us soon. I am. I'm sorry to say. Well, I mean, I'm excited, but it's also a little bit bittersweet because I uh, won't get to do this, won't get to do, uh, won't get to work with you guys on game days and things like that. It's going to be sad. It's, it's, it's just not going to be the same. Well, you can still come on as a guest from time to time, hopefully. Oh, yeah, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Right. With the internet, you know. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get over there and like, who are those guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the internet now, it's amazing how you can keep in touch. We could be friends on Facebook still. Um, <laughs> things like that. We'll stay in touch. We'll be, I'll be around. <laughs> Facebook, eh? <laughs> I, thought that, you know. I thought that was just for leaving batshit crazy comments. I can like look at your guys' Facebook updates and like longingly like miss you guys and see how your lives are going, <laughs> things like that. And sorry, there's a uh, garbage garbage truck outside my house right now. I'm sure there will be a train later that you'll be able to hear. That's all right. Um, if you have to go hop a boxcar, just let us know. We can pause the show for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> get your bindle all tied up and catch, get out there and catch the train. Um, so I guess let's start in New York where uh, the big news today was, well, it wasn't actually news at all. It was just bullshit. It was bullshit <laughs> by a, one of the more uh, scandalizing tabloid writers at the uh, New York Daily News who covers – who thrives on Jets controversy. The Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, and for a little while, Nick Mangold was lumped in there too. Holding out to protest, holding out from OTAs to protest the fact that the Jets had not re-signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you read a little further and, uh, well, Brandon Marshall's, someone from Brandon Marshall's camp said, no, he's not holding out to protest that. And Eric Decker's wife tweeted a picture of them actually on vacation. And Nick Mangold said uh, they just had a baby this week. So that's why he's not at OTAs, which is scandalous. Real reasons? That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing Can't what happens when you, when you actually call a source and ask what's up. <laughs> Who needs that? Sources, horses. Sources, horses. <laughs> I mean the whole the whole gist of the article, like, and then it was all. But what was it? But if you think this is these are actual quotes from the piece today, it was sort of one of those my column kind of things, gussied up as a news hit. But if you <laughs> don't think Marshall and Decker were sending a subtle message to the powers that be, and then in the next paragraph you had this one, I can't believe that two of Fitzpatrick's biggest supporters, with incredible work ethic, just decided to sit out the first two OTA sessions. Mm. And and this is, and a brush fire was born. <laughs> Did you can I get go back? Did you say the gist? Like yeah, you say you say you say Jeff 
right? Instead of GIF, and well, you say GIF I always said GIF. GIF, and then like <laughs> I always said GIF, and someone, and and then like our like techno like VP of like technology and stuff was like we were in a conference call one time. He's like, guys, it's actually GIF. And like I don't even like subconsciously. I'm like, no, that's stupid. I'll never say Jeff. And like subconsciously, I say never, Jeff. Never, I'm with you. I'm with you, I'm with you on this on this RVP. I will never be you. Never ever. <laughs> it's a gift, damn it. But you know what's hard about it? it's like okay, because like this is uh, this is a this is a huge sidetrack. But I like okay, like yeah, I'm from Southern Missouri, and like you never like like I don't have as strong of an accent as like you know what like my family or even like you know friends and stuff like that. But like. Every now and then you catch it. And so I think the GIF GIF thing gets me because, like, we say just, J-U-S-T, only in this part of Missouri it's pronounced gist. <laughs> that sounds right. I'm just like J-E-S-T. I'm just talking about you now. I was just talking about these guys here. And, like, you don't even catch yourself saying it. So, like, for some reason... I always hear that in my mind when I come when I when the the letters G I F get thrown together. <laughs> on. I like that. Do you do you pronounce it Missouri Missouri? I say Missouri. <laughs> okay, but where where is the, where do people say Missouri? I think, is that around I think you? Most people around here do say Missouri. <laughs> Even there's oh, not man, a U at the weird. end, but hey, why let that stop you? Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Missouri, uh, anyway that was a good sidetrack yeah and and gist is one i don't know like it, maybe if that's i think it's a word but like that's always been one of those crutch words i have to you right know what i mean like let me sum <laughs> that up for you uh, let me just gotcha. give you the gist of it <laughs> just uh, i'm gonna start doing that i think be full i can be full ozarks and just like a fucking <laughs> turn of a hat real quick <laughs> uh, that's good but anyway, so yeah, <laughs> the the great conspiracy theory that these guys are holding out to protest Ryan Fitzpatrick because who wouldn't want to tie their future their NFL careers to Ryan Fitzpatrick? That what a hill to die on, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, but it's like real early to die on that hill too, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's like running out, you know, like out in the open when. You could just, you know, be hanging out in your bunker for a minute or two. Yeah. It's like Steven said. It's fucking OTAs. Yeah. I mean, they're literally. I mean, what message are you sending? Like, seriously. And and here's my thing, really, about about (laughs) Eric Decker. It's like, dude, you, you were signed to be the number one wide receiver in New York. After a year of you being the number one wide receiver, they decided they actually need to go get a real number one wide receiver and Brandon Marshall. <laughs> if I was you, I'd kind of be, you know, inconspicuous right now, considering all the people that are going to need to sign soon. They still need to sign uh, Mo Wilkerson to a, to a long-term deal or, or play him on – I mean, or they're going to have to have him on the, 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 the uh, franchise tag this year. And you sit around making like $7 million this year – as a number two, maybe, maybe number three wide receiver. I just, I, if it was me, I'd be happy that they don't look over there and say, oh, we know how we'll get, you know, close this gap between up, us and Fitz. We'll just cut you and get, <laughs> take your money and apply it to him. I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to pull? It's a fucking OTAs. <laughs> They don't have to pay you anything, really. You don't. You, I mean, what you get like two hundred fifty dollars of 
Something like that a week. Your OTAs or some shit like that. I mean, come on, man. Seriously? Like, what, what, do you think they're going to miss out on you? Like, it's going to be such a big, you know, glaring miss that, that Eric fucking Decker is not here catching passes on air? I just, I, I, I don't understand the logic of that at all. You're making a lot of money to be not really all that good and not really all that worth it, which people said at the time when the uh, Jets signed you in the first place, and you got the nerve to be sitting out something calling about a holdout. I hope that was a joke. I, I just really hope that he gets on Twitter like, whoa, whoa. I don't know where all this came from. I was just bullshitting. Because otherwise, I just don't get it. It's, you know, and it just it's that classic, I mean, those tabloids, for some reason, with the Jets, they I mean, they can find a controversy where there's absolutely nothing there. And, like, meanwhile, here's Mo Wilkerson, maybe one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, who is legitimately holding out from camp, OTAs because of the contract situation around the with the franchise tag and stuff. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> Come on. Love the offseason. I do. It's great. And no wonder. And, like, you see this shit, and then it's like, no wonder the Buffalo Bills don't want anybody reporting on OTAs. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see that, that was, this week? That was pretty fun. That was funny, uh, the way that people kind of – well, I guess the reporters were, like, making fun of it pretty bad, like, talking about, like, what's going on for lunch and stuff like that because they couldn't report anything else. Yeah. And they're a quarterback whose number is the square root of five or square root of 25. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. One of the math ones totally confused me. I had to go Google it. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 what is it? The absolute value? Yeah, of, absolute value of negative 50. Like, like, wait a minute. What the fuck? What? <laughs> I was told there would be no math. <laughs> a negative absolute value. <laughs> I, I think I kind of figured it out, but I wasn't going to let everybody else know because shit, my head was hurt too. So. What killed me was like Matthew. Fa- okay, so. Like, if anyone, like, listening didn't catch this story earlier in the week, the Bills sent the bill the Bills, P, there, there's some Missouri accent, Beals. <laughs> um, but, uh, so the Bills PR staff sent out, like, just a bad week for Bills PR all around. So they sent out this thing with OTAs. No reporting on who's throwing passes, who's with the first team, who's working with the second team, who's catching passes, who's missing passes, who's intercepting passes. Basically, couldn't report shit from OTAs. And it's the dumbest, dumbest thing in the world because, like, all that stuff does is get people, fans, hyped up about the team anyway. It's ironic because that's, like, the stuff that we all make fun of because it means nothing. (laughs) Well, yeah, and it's just, like, if they're out there in shorts having football practice, it's like, well, come on. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna take this away. For, like the only people that care about this shit are your hardcore fans and maybe like gamblers and fantasy people, you know? <laughs> right. And like you're gonna piss you're gonna piss your local press off by doing <clears throat> that. And then, yep. and then, but the best was like, okay, so Mike Reese from ESPN, who's the Bills guy, the guy from ESPN that covers the Bills, was doing that like absolute zero or whatever. And then, but Matthew Fairburn. Um, who used to write for us was just like <laughs> balls out, man. He was going for it. I was retweeting him some because it was just like <laughs> Tyrod Taylor missed the wide open Sammy Watt stuff like that. You know? like, Damn, dude, you're, you're gonna get him. banned. Good for him. Uh, rebel, rebel. <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, that was fun. And then you had Doug Whaley the same day on radio. And it got kind of taken out of context, and I think that's because people were pissed off about the media policy. But, like, he he was talking about uh, Sammy Watkins' injuries, and he's like, you know, sort of made the statements like, well, you know, this is just not a game that hum- – football is just not a game humans are really supposed to play. Oh, yeah. Which, in context, was more like – you know, it was sort of like when you see that, it's like, People aren't supposed to climb mountains that are 26,000 feet tall. But they do it anyway right. because it takes a special kind, blah, blah, blah. And it's sort of like how special they are, the ones that are that do that. And that's all Whaley was saying with that. But it was just like, man, what a fucked up bad choice of words. And then, like, your PR people pissed everybody off, so you just got hammered that day for it. Yeah. Well, I thought the uh, the, w- the point you were making was kind of interesting with this this Bills thing that – like in whatever years, 20 years, it's all just going to be like team, like the team's digital team or whatever, like reporting on the team. Like there's not going to be beat reporters anymore because they won't have any access. Yeah. Like the, that's the Dan Snyder model of the team that Dan Snyder is the one that invented that team, like quote unquote reporters. Right. And I mean, that's just, that's an interesting. And that's what's so thought. funny. It's like you look at, Ah, shit. Uh, I got some audio feedback because I clicked. I was going to read. There are some fine selections on the Washington OTA report on the official team side. It was it was Kirk Cousins <laughs> looked excellent in seven-on-seven seven work today. He was really finding uh, yeah. He did a great job finding his check downs. <laughs> did they really say that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's it's like a seven backhanded on seven work. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love OTAs. Yep. It's just it's just so great. And then the cow we had the Cowboys this week. Jason Garrett's like, we're gonna talk less and go to work. It's like, uh, do you guys not remember you're the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> what is that is Jerry gonna get that message? Yeah, I was about starts, to say starts from yeah. the top. <laughs> yeah, he, he he doesn't get to make that decision, so it sounds good, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure he won't be able to muzzle the cherry at all. <laughs> the best one was the Rams. Like the Rams on their official site had a thing. I was I spent way too much time yesterday afternoon going to team sites looking for the offseason <laughs> reports. So the Rams had one that was Jared Goff is impressing, impressing early, and so they haven't even practiced yet. They haven't even had OTAs yet. <laughs> He just seems like a good guy. Comes think, to work. You know? He comes to work. You can just see he's a leader in the hallway, real leader in the hallway. Damn. The Seahawks uh, digital team is actually really funny because I think they sort of embrace the fact there's like nothing to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to John Boyle, who is one of the, the Seahawks reporter for the team, um, and he was like, he was like, yeah, look at our website right now. We have an article about how uh, all the bird teams had a bird off on Twitter. And how it's John Schneider's birthday, and he he's like wrote an article, a story about like connecting John Schneider to a bunch of stepbrothers quotes. So <laughs> it was a it was a good day. It was a good day in Seahawks reporting. There's basically nothing happening right now. Which I just thought that was good because they kind of embrace it. You know, it's like this is we can't even. There's nothing to talk about right now. <laughs> Stepbrothers. It was perfect. Oh, man. There, well, there are a lot of injuries to talk about right now. 
Yeah, that sucks. Stephen mentioned it before the show. The the what's the what's up with the Clemson? Clemson ends, yeah. Uh, Dodd Kevin and Dodd. Dawson. Just had surgery on his foot, evidently. So uh, they are seeing it's preventative and all the this good stuff. Haven't really seen a timeline on it yet, but. Yeah, and y'all pointed out, you know, if this keeps happening and and you know their guys keep getting hurt, they're gonna get kind of that that knock like Alabama. You just take so much out of them on the yeah. college level that they're beat up by the time they get to the pros. And and we had a a, 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 Clemson, a couple of Clemson ends here, uh, actually, um, mm-hmm. the one kid who passed away, James Adams. And he had a little bit of a knee injury. Uh, uh, and then you had, um, what's the kid who had the, he was supposed to go number one overall, supposedly. And then uh, he ends up hurting his knee, and that knee never really, oh, never uh, really uh, came through. Um, shit, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Daquan Bowers. Daquan Bowers, yeah. So, you know, this is kind of. <laughs> It's getting to be a little bit of a, a trend, and not the kind of trend you want if you're a big time program. That's for sure. Yeah, and like I don't like Vic Beasley with the Falcons. He played in all 16 games last year, but he even came out with saying after the season that he was kind of was working through some injury stuff. Yeah, the torn labrum. Yeah, he played with a torn labrum all year. That's fucking ridiculous. I, I <coughs> like I'm still trying to figure out how do you do that. Yeah, I, I know because surgery, but man, shit. I mean, you I know, can't imagine how much pain it's Well, yeah, and that's mm. like, you know a defensive a pass rusher. You kind of need that rotation in your arm to make some moves. And then he's yeah. already size, so you know, trying to lift up. He's like, I think he played like two forty last year or something yeah. like that. And you try to lift up three hundred pound dudes with, with a thorn labrum. Yeah, uh, yeah good luck. <laughs> It's like that's where they just give him a cortisone shot, probably. And fill him up, for fill the him up with Toradol and send him back out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, those shots only do so much. Yeah, eventually the pain comes back. Trust me, I can, yeah. right, I, right. I, I, can, I, I can testify to that. <laughs> it's fine on Sunday, <laughs> Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> um. Arian Foster was in the news this week. So yeah, he's drumming up some hype. A month away. I, I feel like Arian Foster, I don't know. I, I don't see Arian Foster playing this season. I've been on the hype train that the Seahawks should sign him just based on, you know, Lynch retired. They don't have, uh, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Rawls was injured last year, so they don't know 100% what, where he'll be. And then um, they went and drafted three running backs. So I don't think that's going to happen. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I could see him fit in like a a situation where he's like a complimentary back, not necessarily the workhorse Mm -hmm. um, in a zone team for a zone team. But, you know, he was he wasn't uh, particularly impressive last year. And obviously he's older and and we all know kind of like the the running back cliff. Um, You know, he's coming off of a what is it? An Achilles injury. So that can, yeah. I think it's Achilles, and so that can sap you of a lot of explosiveness yeah. too. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of major question marks around him right now. But I just love the dude, so I kind of want to see him like come back and and have a good comeback and all that. I just think he's hilarious and and 
obviously super talented. So uh, I would be, you know, in in favor of of my team, the Seahawks signing him. But at this point, it looks like there's too many guys in that in that rotation right now for them to do that. But I I, I think he, you know, he's got the potential to to uh, make a comeback. Yeah. What is uh, speaking of? All right, speaking of the league's most some of the league's most entertaining players. What's the what's what's up with this uh, Marshawn Lynch saying he might come back? This <laughs> yeah, that will never go away, will it? I, I'm honestly like I guarantee you we'll be talking about this like in the second half of the season when when the Seahawks are you know potentially making a run at the playoffs. Like this will come up again. Like oh, the Seahawks going to bring Marshawn out of retirement. Um, sounds like. He's uh, reportedly told a couple of his ex-teammates that he's not necessarily done. He's thinking about playing still. Um, his cousin, in an interview yesterday, um, he's a rapper, in an interview yesterday said, yeah, he's done for the regular season. He, like Kind of like alluding <laughs> to the fact that he would come back to the playoffs or whatever. And then, oh, what else? There's, oh, I guess like Michael Bennett and Richard Sherman have both kind of talked about it. It's been, it's just you know it's to be expected. You never know what to expect. That's the thing with Marshawn Lynch. So like anything is on the table as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I also kind of think like you know honestly he's been really good like savvy about promoting his Beast Mode brand and like if we're still talking about him that's just good for his brand. So um, it's, this just could be kind of savvy marketing like stay in the news kind of thing. You just never really know. He never did explicitly say he was retiring. So <laughs> maybe uh, he's going to come back for the Seahawks. If the Seahawks go to the Super Bowl, he's going to come back so they can not hand the ball to him. Oh, crucial. Oh, <laughs> crucial goal line. <laughs> Sorry. Do we have to bring that up? <laughs> he just had to get you on the last one. He had to get you. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. You, you got to think there's a silver lining in that because at least it predicts the Seahawks going back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Um, are they losing in the most <laughs> devastating fashion I can imagine? Oh, man. Uh-oh, we have news. We have beep, 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 breaking news. Uh-oh. The Ravens will forfeit one week of OTAs oh. because of the CBA violation. And then Harbaugh and the team got fined for this. That was kind of a weird story. Yeah, can I just say this is the dumbest fucking story I've ever heard of? Yeah, like seriously, because you know, I, I look. I know we probably have a few listeners of our own who, you know, think everything is the wussification of America and they're against, <laughs> you know, fucking uh, participation trophies and all that bullshit, right? But look, I actually played back in the day. When people say back in the day, I wasn't back with you know some of those guys, but we were pretty hardcore back when I played too, right? We weren't doing no fucking full pads in OTAs, okay? We, we, we weren't. Why, why in the fuck would you be doing full pads anything in OTAs? You're just trying to get to training camp. You're trying to get, to tra- you're trying to get some good work in. You want guys to be in shape, know the playbook, but you're trying to avoid fucking injuries. What the hell are you doing? And I guess they were just, quote-unquote, just doing it for special teams, but... How did nobody on the field say, hey, man, what the fuck are we doing right here? <laughs> a team, and a team that was so snake bit with injuries last year, too. Right. Well, what? I don't get what the I mean, they clearly knew the rule. Like, what was the, the message they were trying to send there? Like, were they trying to send a message or just get away with it or what? 
It was weird. Who knows? I have that was why I was like, yeah, this is just a weird story because it doesn't make any sense like why they would do that. Like they're being rebels, but like what does it gain them? You know? Well, I, I, just I, don't I get refuse it. to believe it. I refuse to believe it at first. I was like, nobody is this fucking stupid. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way that they quote unquote accidentally did a full passport. I mean, seriously, there's nothing you're going to get out of it right now. Right. Nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> and the players, like, if you're, maybe they made the rookies do that shit, but, like, I can't imagine that Terrell Suggs seen motherfuckers going out and full of pass <laughs> and OTAs and wasn't like, what in the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, shit, what are we doing right now? There's nothing to be gained. Oh, it's yeah. it's incredibly dumb. Well, Harbaugh is a special teams guy, right? Coming up all the way through the league. Like, that was where he made his mark. Um, yeah. Not that that necessarily has anything to do with this, but it's like, you'd think he'd be a real on top of it. Like, I just don't get... I mean, like, I, my point is, like, it's not like he was, like, overlooking something that the coach, like, the lower coaches were doing. Yeah. Like, you know, he knows what's going on with the special teams. So that's right, just like, like, how do you even get pads right now? That, that, I mean, let's talk about that. The head coach has to tell the equipment guy, hey, we need full pads for this shit. How did the equipment guy not be like, coach, are you fucking sure? I mean, seriously, are you sure? It Why? Is, hey, coach, what the fuck are you doing? We got to do full pads? We got to find full pads for these guys in May, coach? Are you sure? Well, how does he how not do know that? And how do you like? How do you even like? Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. You've been the head coach since two thousand eight. This collective bargaining agreement's been in place for six seasons now. You didn't know. All of a sudden, it's oh yeah, I forgot. It's just so. I'm telling you, man. I've never heard of anybody doing full pads before camp. Like, not even like you know what we call this like. Uh, uh, um, shells, which, yeah. where you have the, the the shoulder pads and then the shorts on. Yeah, I've never, right. ever, ever heard of it before camp. I just haven't. Like, I seriously, I don't even know how you how you put that on the schedule. Like, you write up the schedule like full pads. Like, you got to put it on the schedule because everybody then nobody's gonna wear full pads if you don't put on. The, somebody had to type on there full pads. And they felt good doing it. I, I, I just, I don't get it. Like, it's, <laughs> they should have, see, this is where, for me, I believe in stupid taxes. Like, <laughs> I'm going to nail your ass to the wall for dumb shit like this. <laughs> like, I'm going to actually give you a, you know, give you a pass if it's something that, that makes a, a lick of sense. But when you do something just this fucking stupid, like, I, I'm going to come down, like, I'd have find the shit out of, out of Harbaugh and the organization. To set a precedent. Don't do anything this fucking stupid ever again. <laughs> well, I'm kind of surprised that's all they did when they lost a week of OTAs. I mean, given how the NFL's been punishing teams lately, I wouldn't have been... I honestly wouldn't have been that... I mean, I would have been surprised, but I wouldn't have been surprised that, that, uh, that Goodell comes out and takes a fourth-round pick away or something like that. Because who the hell knows what the NFL is going to do when it comes to team discipline anymore? I mean, because they uh, can I, apparently I, do whatever the I fuck they want. I don't know what the parameters want. for that is, but I definitely, they, they'd have had to give me some money. Like, y'all just too fucking stupid to even have OTAs. I'd take all of them. 
<laughs> just watch film for three weeks. This is just we saving y'all from yourself. So you don't have your first round pick get hurt with some fucking full pads on in May. Yeah, and that's just dumb. I mean, here's a team that lost their freaking top draft pick in before the seat. What when did he go down last year? Uh, Brashard Perryman, like before the season oh, started, it, you know he didn't technically go down, did he? Yeah, I think he, he was injured. He was, he was, yeah, just, he was hurt before. I thought it was something that just like never healed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. But still, I mean, like you know, and, and a team that was like that, you can point to their record and be like, the reason you won five games last year is because all your dudes were hurt. Yeah, don't get people hurt in May. I'm not, you know, I'm not an analytics guy, but I, I have a pretty good idea that there's probably a correlation, whatever, a connection between <laughs> injuries in preseason work versus, uh, you know, your on-field record. That's, that's Moneyball right there. <laughs> yeah, that was that's weird. Like, I, I t- but here's my, here's the best, the best story of the off-season so far, like post-draft off-season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did a study, and they found yeah. that, on average, it was cooler to practice in the morning than it was in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 what, 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 what tickles me so about this, <laughs> not just the obvious of it, it's that the clear implication that, hey, those other coaches that co- that that had them practicing early in the day must not have known this like they they must not have been uh uh aware of the weather channel or uh, you know forecast <laughs> sixth like grade that. science <laughs> and people are buying it like seriously people here are buying. i'm so glad that i'm just like taking some time off the bus because people here are buying this shit hook line and sinking i'm just like do y'all not understand that that's the fucking point like okay i understand it this guy wants to do it in the morning to avoid the heat, but the other coaches wasn't fucking stupid. They knew it was hotter too. They wanted to embrace the heat. That was the whole point. Now you can say that you don't agree with the earlier coaches, but don't try to make it seem like you know nobody's watching the fucking weather channel. Come on now, <laughs> so it's actually hotter later later in the fucking day. Does, I mean, is there anywhere that that does apply to? Other than maybe Alaska and our whole fucking country. Hey, man, it's hotter at 1 o'clock than it is at 9 in the morning. Really? They- how much did you pay for that fucking study? It wasn't as much as the Browns paid for that study on which quarterback they should take, and they totally fucking... They went the opposite way. But I wouldn't be surprised. $250,000 test to tell you some shit that you can look up on weather.com. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, shit. That's the kind of stuff Alabama graduates know. That. Oh, they're gonna get you. That's <laughs> right. You don't. You don't, you don't, you don't have. You don't have to. You don't have to have two years in at Tallahassee to understand how the weather works. <laughs> I'm staying away from this. You know one. what? Though, okay, that might not even have been the dumbest thing from OTA. Well, okay, that was maybe. Okay, that was the dumbest thing from OTAs. But maybe the second dumbest thing so far was, and this is more the media hype, and considering the city and the source of it, I'm not entirely surprised. But uh, are you ready for this? Josh McCown looks 20-something. 
As in, he looks like he's play. He looks like a twenty-year-old, a twenty-something-year-old quarterback again in OTAs. That's, uh, that's quite the compliment. Maybe, uh, vague, vague compliment. I mean, how many good twenty-year-old quarterbacks do you know? I, I don't know if that's a, a compliment <laughs> or not. What, what are they really trying to say here? <laughs> Look, I give Josh McCown credit. He's very athletic. So if you're not used to seeing him run around and stuff, you're probably going to be taken aback for a minute. Like, damn, that dude is kind of fast, yeah. huh? But he does. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even know what that means. He looks twenty. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I don't really know what that's supposed to mean. And well, and then the Browns. If the Browns played a game tomorrow, McCown would give them the best chance to win. Now that <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I, mean, I know possibly, people don't like RG three, but how could you know? And again, I, look, I've already said my piece about what actually happens in OTAs, which is, you know, surprisingly not much. But I mean, <laughs> how could you really know that at this point when it's a totally new system for both guys? Okay, it's a new offensive line. It's a new everything. How, you haven't even seen them take a rip against a live defense. But you're sure he gives them the best chance to win. And look, we had some film over the last two years that would already give you a little bit of pause about Josh McCown anyway. <laughs> now, I've seen him plenty down here. Let me just say, he might can fool you in shorts and shirts, by the way. He, he <laughs> might look great, you know, in underwear football. But you just don't know. But people have to write some shit. So, you know, just like the Jets <laughs> stuff where everybody's going to sit out OTAs because that's <laughs> A big fucking deal these days. You know, maybe Josh McCown is the second coming now. Who knows? <laughs> sure, why not? Oh, <laughs> uh, that sometimes it's that was from Cleveland.com, and they have a tendency to really overhype this. I mean, this is the same person that a couple years ago called Jason Campbell when the Browns had Jason Campbell a franchise quarterback. Now, uh. no offense to Jason Campbell who I always thought was probably a little underrated and probably, you know, his career, the way he bounced around in his career and where he started out at was probably, you know, stunted his development a little bit. But, yeah, to call Jason Campbell a franchise quarterback, I mean, so this is the same, the same <laughs> source for that. So consider the source, I guess. <laughs> Sucks when you can't live that one down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Cleveland, so for them, you know, maybe that does look like a franchise quarterback. I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah, I like. Do they know what one looks like? That's standards the standards for quarterbacking are dramatically <laughs> different in Cleveland. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, maybe Josh McCown does end up being a starter. I'm not saying that he can't. You know, he has some nice uh, leadership tools everywhere he's went. Guys have gravitated to him, it seems, except for early on in his career when he was terrible. But uh, so I, I'm not saying that it is beyond the, the, the realm of possibility. What I'm saying is there's no way to fucking know in May. There just no. isn't. No. I, I saw a, a, a report that uh, Jay Ajaye, I think that's how you pronounce it, Derek, in Miami, has distanced himself from distance himself from other running backs. And I'm just wondering how. Because he's been running short. fast. Yeah, he looks fast. He's cutting. 
He looks so good. Man. He's so smooth. <laughs> he got the shorts, man. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, you can't tell biased. shit from that. I, I, I admit to being biased because I wasn't ever the most physically blessed guy. I always had to kind of rely more on my technique than being the fastest guy or the guy who could jump the highest. So for me, I'm always a little biased because I never actually look real graceful, you know, in shorts and shit. So I'm never getting these great. <laughs> oh, he looks like he's ready to take the next step, you know. But I'm just saying, there's no way to know, man. Wait till they get those pads on, at least. And even then, sometimes you're not sure. But, man, underwear football is just, it's seven on seven. There's no way to know anything about anything at that point. It just isn't. (laughs) You're literally judging people on, like you said, like they look good getting off the bus or they look fast. And it's like we already know that, like, especially with young guys, like, we already know, like, what they are. Like, they went to the combine. Like, we know they're fast. So it's like, this is not telling us anything. And people talk about offensive lines and stuff like that in the pre- or in uh, OTAs and training camp and stuff. It's like, you can't tell anything about those guys either because it's all just, you know, like, patty cake or whatever on the line. Like, you cannot tell anything. You can't. You, there's no way of knowing. It's like you're literally just saying, that guy looks like he could be good. Yeah. He looks athletic. He's a big guy. <laughs> uh, well, and I even said, and like I even saw like this week digging around for stupid OTA stuff. I even saw the, um, I saw a few reports about how good offensive and defensive linemen look. I'm just like, oh man, come on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they look big. <laughs> look how big they look. Yeah, they're, they're big really the going for it out there. So big. <laughs> big battle they're in the big. trenches. I was thinking today because I was like, I, I saw somebody report that I guess Larry Tussle didn't look great or something. I think they phrased it something like he had some welcome to the NFL moments. Yeah. I'm like, unless they change the rules to OTAs or you know, his team is breaking the rules of OTAs, <laughs> there ain't a whole lot that you can do to give him a welcome to the NFL moment right now, even if you wanted to. It just isn't. <laughs> right. Oh, he got his welcome to the NFL moment, all right. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah. Um, uh, there was uh, some other interesting, um, uh, interesting slash big news as about as much as you can get this time of year, unless it's sort of either Deflate Gate related or, or some other legal inquiry related NFL legal inquiry related, but uh. Now, they say the Pro Bowl doesn't matter, guys, but the Pro Bowl does matter sure. because Tyler Eifert got hurt in the Pro Bowl, hurt his ankle, and now he has to have surgery and will probably miss the start of the season. Maybe, maybe two, oh. maybe one game, maybe two games to start the season. Yeah, it's terrible. That sucks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that really does suck. Like, get hurt in the Pro Bowl. I know guys can get hurt, like you know, walking down the stairs or whatever. Theoretically, yeah, but. God, that just—I mean, the Pro Bowl is the worst. <laughs> I can't remember, Stephen. What do you think of the Pro Bowl? I can't remember. Well, it, and this kind of goes back to what I'll, I've always said. You know, the last few years is that I think people should have left it alone. I don't know. I can't remember how he got hurt in the Pro Bowl. To be honest with you, but you know, you you keep hyping this shit up, saying yeah. well, they're not playing hard enough. They're not playing hard yep. enough. Then, you know, he started playing hard, and he, you're like, 
We know he's going to get hurt. Man, shut the fuck up, okay? Nobody was getting hurt at Pro Bowls before. Nobody gave a shit before. Now I guess people want to bet on it or, or do fantasy football on it or something. So everybody's like, you got to go hard. You got to go hard. You're not going hard enough. And this is what happens. This is the whole fucking reason why you don't go hard in the Pro Bowl. Because you're supposed to be taking care of each other. It's supposed to be a vacation, a nice little showcase. Yeah. And then at the end, the last five minutes, you play hard. And, and whoever wins gets a little bit of extra money. That's what it's always <laughs> been about. Yeah. There was never no Pete Rose mentality type bullshit. <laughs> oh, really? oh, somebody. No. There was Sean Taylor. We, we celebrate Sean Taylor uh, now for that big hit in the Pro Bowl. But at the time, I can promise you, most of the players like, what in the fuck is this kid doing? Yeah. Calm down. That's not how we do this thing. Yeah. Okay? And so if people really want, look, if you don't want injuries, man, then just shut the fuck up. Let those guys, you know, brother-in-law at the whole fucking game. You don't, yeah. you say you don't care anyway. <laughs> it wasn't like all these people were watching for a good game back in the day. I can never remember anybody giving a shit about how hard somebody played or didn't play in the fucking Pro Bowl before. I, I really couldn't. Not when I played. I was saying I'm playing the Pro Bowl, but still. I watched plenty of them growing up. And I, can't just, I just do not remember people being... So concerned with, oh, we're going to play hard. And again, this is from the media machine that is the NFL. The NFL yeah. wants to take that shit from Hawaii. So then also they try to make it seem like, well, players aren't playing hard, so why should we keep doing it? And now we're to the in fucking Orlando. Yeah. I, right down the road from me, so I ain't mad at it, but it, it's the game. Like, they convinced all these people that you want somebody to play hard in the fucking Pro Bowl, and now a guy's having fucking surgery and might miss some games. And nobody sees the disconnect there. Like, the same people who are complaining about them not playing hard, I promise you, no, like, see, see, this is why you shouldn't <laughs> play it at all. Because yeah. this guy got hurt. I mean, come on. You can't have it both ways. Well, and I think, you know, like, the NFL sees the ratings, and, like, it gets good enough ratings. But, I, you know, I'd always got the impression that, you know, the NFL wants bigger ratings for it. So, like, well, we got to make it count. You know what I mean? And sure enough, well, now it's like, well, now your ratings. So now you've got two games at the beginning of the season with the Bengals and the Jets and the Bengals and the Steelers. The Bengals at the fucking Steelers. Division rivalry game. I guarantee you that will be a good game. But it won't be as good of a game now because you probably won't have Tyler Eifert in there. It absolutely won't. I mean, that dude, listen, you talk about Grunk and Grunk earns that respect and that recognition, but I'm telling you, Tyler Eiffel was tearing it up last year. He really was. I mean, 13 touchdowns. And it's not just the touchdowns. This dude can block, can do it all. Yeah. He can get up the team, he can run your short routes. I mean, he's a bigger dude than you probably think, too. So, you know, you take that major cog out of the offense, they already lost some receivers. The offensive coordinator is now the head coach in Cleveland, and that offense probably will get out of the gates a little slow without him. Yeah, but again, I mean, <laughs> well, and it sucks because he's missed like he missed three games last year. He missed all but one game. Remember, he got hurt the first week of the season in 2014. That was only his second year in the league. So his career, like, I mean, he had a huge season last year, and his career, like you know, four years into it now, should be, you know, with what he's capable of doing. But injuries have always kind of held him back a little bit. I mean, that's just the kind of the, the way it is with some players, but it sucks. So here he goes out. He gives reward for a killer season was the pro bowl and he gets hurt in a, 
And now, you know, he's going to miss two games at least. Sucks. Um, there is not. It's not all bad news on the injury front. I thought this was kind of interesting, given the Panthers last year. But Kelvin Benjamin's practicing again. You know, pretty good news for the Panthers if you consider how well they did last year, even without him. And I thought, like, I, I don't think I was alone in this. I mean, I think that's a, something we talked about on this podcast a couple times. But how, you know, before the season, it looked like the Panthers would be really hurt without Benjamin last year. Right. Their offense was surprisingly good. I think it was because their offensive line was a lot better than people thought it would be. I, I, I feel like I remember going into the season last year being like, what are they doing on the yeah. offensive line? But um, it turned out to be better than they were. It'll be interesting, too, because Funch just kind of came on in the second half of the year. Not, not necessarily like, you know, you know, blew up the scene or anything like that, but he had some pretty decent games later in the year. So, like, having those twin towers out there now will be pretty interesting. Kind of like um, it reminds me a little bit of the jets in, in terms of with having yeah. Marshall and um, the other dude that we were just talking about. And, I can't and, don't, for, and don't forget number one wide receiver, Ted Ginn. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Philly slash Corey Brown. Um, no, I don't know. I think it's uh it'll be interesting though. I think it's not like they needed help. They, they got, uh, they already were really, really strong on offense, but it'll be fun to see how deadly Cam Newton is in the red zone. Cause we talked about this last year. Like he's, the best red zone like quarterback just because he can run yeah he can pass anytime you know he's like a true runner um and having another huge red zone threat like that that's gonna be big plus you know obviously we didn't talk about greg olson he's really good too so yeah yeah it's gonna be really interesting i mean it's a big deal like you get back i mean you essentially get back a number one receiver after you know not having not having him for a year that's a that's a huge part of the mix that really changes the way that offense works. And not that, I mean, Cam Newton can just, I mean, he's on a different plateau with his play right now too. And so, you, you know, you throw this Benjamin back into the mix. And that'll be fine. It's not a team that I know it's hard to get, I mean, the Super Bowl when you lose and the whole thing with getting back to the Super Bowl and stuff. But this isn't a team that looks like, I know the Josh Norman thing is a little suspect and it looks like right now they don't have any, I don't think they have any veteran cornerbacks. I think it's all rookie corners. But, you know, you also, they also have... Now they have Bermwiki, I think is how you pronounce it. He was oh, the guy that yeah, got yeah, hurt yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, last year, and then they had to kind of scramble and get some uh, some guys off the... Yeah. I don't want to call it the scrappy. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's actually pretty good, so... So I like it's not a team that's gonna like I wouldn't say now any obviously injuries can happen you never know what's gonna happen with injuries but um, mm. just looking at them on paper with Benjamin back it's not a team that I mean I wouldn't predict a huge fall off for them no they 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 look built like for sustained success in terms of they're not a flash in the pan they didn't do something like they didn't do something last year that was like caught people off guard or anything like that you know what i mean it's like they're just like physically kick your ass team and their defense is really really good they have like one of the probably one of the best front sevens in the nfl if not the best uh you know obviously broncos fans have probably talked to me about that but a really really (laughs) strong really really strong front seven um so yeah i mean they look like they're still built to do exactly what they did last year. And I don't like, you know, there's not, I don't think there's a lot of reason to believe that they'll like fade in that sense. Yeah. 
Well, and I don't think, you know, with the, the, the NFC South, they should still, I mean, like, I know the Falcons will probably be a little better. I doubt the Saints are going to be much better, at least on defense anyway. Mm-hmm. Zyrus Bird's hurt already. Yeah, there was another injury. He's supposed to be back, but still. Yeah, but, uh, and then the Bucks probably not quite there. But they do have a quick kicker now. Oh, they got a kicker, though. They got a kicker. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you, had to, you had to bring up the Super Bowl to me and then the kicker to him. That's definitely. <laughs> hey, man, listen. It's going to put him over the top. Captain's <laughs> better be ready. <laughs> Championship. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a. I wish I could see this pressure on my face right now. Fucking kicker in the second round. (laughs) Trade not. Trade not to get the kicker in the second round. Yeah, that's the important detail. Maybe that was part of their weather study. Yeah, that that is absolutely the important detail. Trading (laughs) up. Oh, man. (laughs) And then, but the best part was then, what was it, a week or two after that? It was like, well, we felt we had a first round grade on him. We got him. We got him in the second round. Yes, Smart, oh, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, <laughs> it's, it's so obvious, you know. Like if they got him in the third round, they'd actually say well, we had a second round grade on. Of course, of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. So see, it's really a steal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You'd be a fool not to trade up to get your kicker in the second round when you have that grade on him. <laughs> but back to the topic of the Panthers, um, I think that when it boils down to it, there's a lot of reasons why most of us were skeptical after Kelvin Benjamin went down. Yeah. Uh, primary, my biggest gripe was that I, I felt like they should have done more to get uh, Cam some more weapons during the draft in the offseason last year. And so that was kind of I thought was going to expose him. But the one thing that, that, again, I say this, I said it, and I meant it. I think a lot of people started just thinking I was joking. But when I said that, you know, the, the Panthers did everything they did last year, and Cam Newton in particular played so well last year. Mm-hmm. With Ted Ginn Jones as his number one wide receiver, and that's why he should have been the MVP. I think people are not really getting the full extent of what I'm saying. I'm saying that with better weapons, I think most of us just really, the, the world we uh, undersold the Panthers the most was the development of Cam Newton last year. Yeah. Like, that dude was not going to let them win. And it wasn't just the running, which we kind of become accustomed to. And it wasn't just, you know, some nice passes here and there. He cleaned up a lot of the things that was wrong uh, 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 with his game yeah. prior to last year. The, being able to throw on the money, uh, the, the, those short routes and stuff. I mean, some of those balls he threw to, to Olsen were just – you couldn't throw it any better. No. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Olsen is, is – he's the guy that can get up the scene, but he, he works a lot underneath, man. And he was just really so good. And getting the ball to him, and then you know pushing the ball down the field to to, to Philly Brown and, and, and Ted Ginn Jr. That, that is not easy to do. Um, that's something, for instance, that Jameis Winston is really going to have to clean up. He's got one of the premier, really two of the premier deep ball guys, fifty fifty ball guys 
as receivers, but he was terrible at throwing the ball deep. So it's not something that just, you know, just every quarterback has. And I'm not sure that this is something that we recognize from Cam before last year. But I saw a stat the other day, and, you know, I don't normally quote a pro football focus a lot necessarily, but it was it was a depth of target. Yeah. And, like, his depth of target was, like, the second longest in the league, which means he's not prior, I mean, um, um, contrary to probably what a lot of people believe, he wasn't throwing a bunch of whole bunch of dink and dunk stuff and getting his stats up that way. No. He was pushing the ball up the field, man. And so when you add Benjamin back into the mix, and, and, and the other tall kid, I forgot his name. Funches. Uh, there was a Rick Lash out of Michigan. Funches. Um, Funches. He's got another year under his belt. And then you still have Gian and Brown who can you know, give you that, that element of taking the top off the defense. With better talent around him, there's really no telling what Cam Newton can do. It's really going to come down to injuries. Yeah. And if they can relatively healthy on offense, and look, they're, they're running back – they seem perpetually hurt at their running back position uh, last few years. Somebody's always hurt, right? I think James Stewart, uh, not James Stewart. Um, Jonathan. D'Angelo uh, Jonathan Williams. Jonathan uh, was hurt a little bit last year. Yeah. And before that was D'Angelo, and they go back and forth. So <clears throat> it's not like they haven't had injury issues before, so it could crop up. But if they can keep the core guys healthy, and especially Cam Newton, man, Cam may even have a better year this year than he had last year with more talent around him. And so um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what exactly is going to go on with there because, you know, a lot of times uh, teams get exposed uh, in the Super Bowl. And I think to a certain extent, maybe that is why they come out back next year and aren't quite as good. Uh, Mm -hmm. To me, the Panthers got beat by the one team that matched up well with them. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a really shitty matchup for them, especially their offense against the Broncos' defense. Yeah. You know, here you got this, 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 this offense that is so forceful and imposes your will on people, and pretty much the only way you can actually uh, attack that offense is to play a lot of man-to-man so you can crowd the line of scrimmage and also have premier – pass rushes on the outside, and it just so happens that the Broncos were basically the one team that was built exactly that way. Yeah. Uh, teams, you know, we talked about the, 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 the Cardinals last year, and they had a really good defense. But they couldn't do the things that the Broncos could do. They just couldn't. And so, uh, you know, you have, usually you're going to have to pick your poison. I think it's going to be the same way this upcoming season. There won't be very many teams – they match up well enough to stifle the Panthers' offense unless somebody's hurt. Yeah. And so even if these teams get better, you know, maybe the Falcons do get a little bit better. Maybe the Saints do too. I still think that the Panthers are going to be the class of this division going away. For, for You know, it's one of those things where uh, maybe, you know, it's not too long ago we were always talking about how uh, – the division winner in the NFC South never repeated. Yeah. <clears throat> but now you got this quarterback and Cam Newton, who's playing, you know, just tremendous football. They may own this division for a while. They, they really might, no matter what 
improvements other teams make. They might own this division for a while. He just turned like he like on his birthday is May 11th. He just turned 27. Crazy. I mean, this kid's. I mean, you know, you you theoretically, he's just now entering his prime. <laughs> right. Gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, it's just I, the electric, electric player. I mean, one of the, the most fun player to watch in the NFL. I mean, I think there's no question about it. You think about Cam Newton, that's the kind of stuff that kind of gets you excited for the season to begin again. You know what I mean? Totally. But think of the children, Ryan. Think of the children. What is he teaching them? <laughs> uh, he's got to be. He's he's got to be one of the most like controversial players for no reason at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just the whole everything about like the celebrations just silly. Oh yeah, it, just for you know. Well, I mean, I can think of reasons that go back to uh, you know a few hundred years, but right, right, right. Yeah, that sucks. But uh, it's a uh, yeah. He's he's fun. I mean, he, how can you? I just don't understand that people get mad and don't like. Him. I mean, I can understand if you're a rival team and you you know he be, he kicks your ass and you don't like for sure. something like that. But at the same, yeah. I mean, time, I remember like, when he was when he was playing the Seahawks. I didn't really like him celebrating, but it wasn't because he was <laughs> celebrating. You know, because I was like, damn it, don't don't let him celebrate. That's right. <laughs> Shouldn't give him any reason to celebrate. That's the thing. Right. Right. You know what? It, I'm going to tell you, like, uh, I, I'm a psycho, so I watched uh, Red Zone replay. Uh, it comes <laughs> on Sundays, That's and awesome. they actually show the Red Zone from week to week, right? Don't tell nobody. <laughs> but um, they they showed the, uh, or rather I watched the that that Panthers-Seahawks game where they came back uh, in, in, the, in the fourth quarter to win. And that that kind of furthers um, let me know that maybe even with me saying that he was the MVP and all that, I still maybe wasn't giving this guy as much credit as I, as I should have because, man, that looked so much easier than I remembered it. Like, yeah. I, I thought all these things had to happen wrong for the Seahawks and, and right for the Panthers, but, you know, watching this again, Man, no, he 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 directed that. Now, now the Panthers defense, obviously, they were doing a really good job too. Um, but yeah, he led them to that win, and it was one. It was kind of one of those, you know, bang the gavel games that should have really let us know this team is legit. I think because the Seahawks have been having some issues uh, themselves early on last year, maybe people mm-hmm. felt like, well, you know, the Seahawks aren't what what we were expecting them to be and and maybe they fell off a little bit. So maybe this win isn't that big of a deal, but man, it was really you know, kind of enlightening just looking back at it and saying, man, this dude wasn't uh, pressed at all. He was very calm. He made a lot of really nice throws, big time throws and clutch situations to win that game. It was, it was kind of the portent of things to come. It was in so, Seattle too. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, it, it, hostile environment. And it was so routine. Like, I don't even, it was almost kind of like, man, did that just happen? Even the red zone guy was kind of <laughs> like, wow. You know, he, he just <laughs> almost was speechless. And obviously, in Seattle, it, that normally loud crowd was really, really quiet at the end. It was just like, man, that was a really big moment for him. And mm-hmm. we probably didn't really sell it, uh, give it his due, to be honest with you. So, again, um, just, Man, that, 
the sky's the limit uh, for their team. And look, you go back and remember Luke Keekley wasn't playing for like four weeks with a concussion last yeah. year. Yeah. So they, they could be way more dominant on defense too. I know they're worried about it, uh, the, the, the secondary, and, and that's a legitimate worry. But uh, I, I don't think that that defense necessarily needs a whole bunch of lockdown corners. It was great that they had Josh Norman, and it definitely helped them. But look, I, you know, who expects them to win all their games or all their games were won again? Yeah, that, that ain't the point. And they get back and get a bye in the first round and get back to the NFC Championship at least. That, that's what I think this team is built to do for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was just looking at that. He was 11 for 12 on those last two scoring drives in the fourth quarter against Seattle. Jeez. 11 for 12. He only ran it once. <clears throat> yeah, he was just picking them apart. That was, yeah, I remember that. I remember that feeling. That <laughs> 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 game sucked. <laughs> no, I mean, it was great because it was obvious, like, like, I mean, I completely agree with Steven. Like, he probably should have gotten a lot more credit for that game um, because he was just, you know, well, lighting him up. He's just one of those players, and I think this is a problem, even from, like, an editorial standpoint. It, it's hard to kind of tell that story because it's like he's one of those players. This is like Peyton Manning six years ago or Brett Favre. Or not, nah, maybe not Favre as much, but, like, Rod, Aaron Rodgers. But some of those players, especially quarterbacks, they just make it look so routine and so easy that you just sort of the expectation is, well, everybody, why can't everybody throw like that? <laughs> right. And why can't Josh McCown, the 20-year-old, 20-something Josh McCown, be out there <laughs> completing 11 of 12 passes in a, in a 13-point fourth-quarter comeback? I don't understand it. And it's just, it's hard because they do. They go out there and they play like that, and they make it look like it's no big freaking deal. And it just sort of under, it even kind of undersells what they're doing because it looks so effortless. Hmm. But uh, it's uh, it's something else. I tell you what, it makes Red Zone in May worth watching again. <laughs> that actually does sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hey, wish I had that. It's better than OTAs. That's true. You can learn a lot more from that than OTAs. Let's That's put it that sure. way. <laughs> to say the least. um all right guys we're running up on an hour here it it goes by so fast time just goes by so fast um (laughs) what maybe what we got we could maybe powwow again and do this one more time next week danny Uh, yeah i think we can all right excellent well we'll, uh, we'll you guys can have me on as a guest yeah, I think I so. Think also, I think we do. Also, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll send Bill Simmons a, a box of Roger Goodell chocolates or something like that for <laughs> letting us have you for one more podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, a good good show. I got I got to tell you here, and uh, let's go out and uh, see what makes the next thing. I we're gonna find out that the sun moves around the Earth, and we can schedule <laughs> OTAs around that. Some crazy <laughs> shit. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> We're gonna give ourselves a competitive advantage when we realize that the days are slightly longer this time of year than they are in the fall. It is hotter in the summer. <laughs> At least in the northern hemisphere. God. 
Oh man, no, that's a good point. And let me say this too, just in closing, we're about to wrap it up. Look, man, this is Florida. Those eleven degrees ain't much difference. It's, it's not like you're going from like seventy-two degrees to eighty-three. It is hot all fucking day here. I promise you. So when you think like, well, now they won't be dehydrated. You must have never been to Florida in your fucking life. Okay, you're still gonna be tired. You're still going to be dehydrated because now, you know, maybe it's, you know, 89 degrees instead of 92 degrees with about 70 percent humidity. So, yeah. (laughs) Moneyball. That's Moneyball, man. All right, guys. Uh, hey, it's uh, holiday weekend, so everybody go out and enjoy the Woo! weekend. Go out and uh, get your OTA practices in, and uh, <laughs> and keep the pads. Try to keep the pads off you this weekend. I'm gonna look real good playing bocce ball this weekend. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Uh, great show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll do this <laughs> one more time next week. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>